So you open your email and there it is, yet another survey from your organization. I get it. Surveys have become very common and it can be annoying, but are surveys worth doing? The short answer is yes. So how might leaders think about and do surveys better? It turns out there are a number of best practices that have to do with surveys and how to make them a useful tool for management, leadership, and overall organizational development. In this episode, we discuss. Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. <laughs> so, Ben, you know what I was thinking about in this episode <laughs> is, is Coca-Cola. Okay. And you're like, what? We're talking about surveys. Why, why are you thinking about Coca-Cola? In the South, everything's Coke. Right. <laughs> so welcome to the restaurant. You do want a Pepsi Coke or a Coke Coke, you know, and I know that's <laughs> got to get under the skin of the executives at Pepsi. It's like, no, we're Pepsi. We're not Coke. Well, that's the same thing with surveys. How many times we go into an organization, they say, send out a survey monkey. right and to clarify a survey monkey is a survey platform a survey is a survey and you can do a survey on a bunch of different platforms and you know they have really have become a a common feature of organizations um and and it's not that it's completely misguided but we see surveys being mishandled over and over and over again in organizations. Uh, And that being said, they do have utility if you do them right. And it turns out there's a bunch of best practices around this, and that's what we're going to discuss today. In a cheeky nod to Sinek, we're going to start with why. (laughs) (laughs) Should you do a survey? One, we'll talk about that. Top items to keep in mind if you are going to go through with the dirty deeds, done dirt cheap. (laughs) and implications for people, leaders, and organizations. Great. So let's start with this first item, which is around, should you even do a survey? And I've got to give a shout out to my dear friend and colleague and mentor, Stephen Rogelberg, who a long time ago, um, he was teaching a class. I was in graduate school. He was teaching a class, an organizational behavior class, and he invited me to be uh, his TA. So I was his teaching assistant and he said, Hey, if you want, you can come to the classes and you know, if it'd be helpful for you. And so I actually went to all the classes and I took notes on what, how he was teaching, not necessarily the subject matter. It was really great. But one thing that he did is he had a class where he talked about surveys. And in that, uh, in that class, he had this whole section about, should you do a survey? And he had a, a quiz um, as part of the lecture, which was awesome. And so we're going to share that with you because this is a an all or nothing thing. You have to get all seven questions in this quiz correct. You have to answer them all with a yes in order for you to actually proceed ahead with a survey. So this is... Are you crazy enough to send out a survey? You must meet <laughs> seven of... Six out of seven? Nope, don't do it. Uh, right. So you, the Seven idea out is, of seven. Seven out of seven is what you're going for here. So there are seven questions to ask yourself as a leader... When you're thinking about, should you do a survey? And so we're going to talk through each one of these one by one so that you can get this and really understand it because this is so helpful. I think, you you know, when we come across organizations that have botched up surveys, you know, it's because they have 
probably ignored one of these. They have ignored one of these items. So the first one, the first item on the should you do a survey quiz is number one, do you have a specific research question, need, and objective? Yeah, and just feeling lonely and wanting to send out a survey because you have Survey Monkey. That, that doesn't crap count. <laughs> you need to have something specific you're trying to find out. Don't waste your employees' time. You know, if you have 10,000 employees and you want 100% of participation, oof, and it takes an hour, well, that's <laughs> 10,000 hours for that survey. Whoa. Right. So, you know, first of all, you shouldn't have a, a survey that takes an hour. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, you do want to have an objective here. It shouldn't just be like, eh, I just kind of want to get a pulse on things or, you know, this is something that I've heard organizations are supposed to do periodically. You've got to be specific because that's going to guide what you ask, how you ask it, and even more importantly, probably how you're going to use the data that emerged from that survey, um, which is just huge. You know, one thing I want to mention up front here is that any survey, regardless of the content, is a communication vehicle itself. Right, you're sending this out, and and you can either the way in which you handle this can either bolster your credibility or it can destroy it. So yeah, you know, keep because that in if mind. the questions are bad, they're gonna go like, "Gosh, our we are helmed by numbskulls." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> truth. So that's number one. Do you have a specific research question, need, and objective? Make sure that you have that nailed down. Number two, so you have this you know, specific research question, need, or objective. Number two is, is a survey the best way to address this need? It might be, it might not be. This is one tool that you have for listening to your employees. It's one tool. There are you a bunch of other ways. You can get up and walk around. You can mm -hmm. do a focus group. There, You could do interviews. You could do focus groups. You could look at your other types of data that your organization already has. You know, look at your turnover data, look at ratings of performance, all that kind the of slimy software that lets you turn on your employee's camera and make sure they're sitting at their laptop at home. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't buy that software. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you do have a distinct need, then you have to ask yourself, is a survey the best way to address this need? And when you're thinking about that, a couple of things that come to mind that might lend itself more to a survey is, are you trying to gather a broad perspective from the organization, either everyone or a representative sample of the organization. Okay, that might be a reason why a survey could be helpful. Are you looking for anonymous feedback? Okay, that, that could be a reason why a survey is helpful because it allows you to ask people anonymously. And you know you can't uh, you can't have an anonymous interview. Do um, you want the barbecue food truck or the taco food truck at your annual employees? you know, mandatory family fun time. That's an okay survey thing. Well, you kind of want be. everybody to vote. And right, right. And so what's helpful about that type of question too, is it allows you to quantify things easily, right? So if you have, um, you know, if you do a survey, especially using the various types of online platforms that are out there, you can very quickly, you know, get those data into a spreadsheet and you can say this percentage said the taco truck, this percentage said the barbecue truck um, and other types of, of things too, of course. So think about that as well. Is a survey the best way to address this need that you've identified? That's number two. What's number three? Yeah. So do you have the necessary money, time and expertise? And we <laughs> put them in this order because 
it's likely many of you don't have the expertise, which means hopefully you have the money to hire that expertise, right? Right. And so the proliferation of web-based platforms that allow you to do surveys is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it does make things easier uh, for surveyors to get these insights. But it also has, I think, kind of as a byproduct, made everybody think that they are an, a survey expert. Oh, huh, we're just going to send out a survey monkey, right? <laughs> or Which we're just I gonna... get the imagery of <laughs> going back and next to the janitor's closet, they've got the survey monkey closet. <laughs> and they open it up and like, all right, survey monkey, go do your thing. <laughs> hey, did you feed the survey monkey today? <laughs> OSHA's going to get us if you don't. You That's know? <laughs> right. Feed it, with, feed it with bananas and data. Um, so you want to make sure that you are actually investing in this in terms of, I think money is part of it. Um, you're going to have some costs associated with your platform. You know, you can use free versions of some of these online things, but that's going to limit you in a few different ways. It might be okay if you have a very small organization, but um, you're going to need to pay for that. You also are going to have to pay in a way for people in your organization to take it, right? Because it takes their time to do it. And that, that costs you. Um, you may also, and this is oftentimes a good idea, involve a third party that actually knows this kind of stuff and can help guide you through it and do it in a professional manner, as well as providing that external objectivity or, you know, impartiality. So, you know, make sure that you're, you're in it to win it. Don't, don't do this halfway. Survey design is a real thing, guys. And um, <laughs> it, it is. you gotta... You should tap into it a couple times in your career just to see what the pros do. Yeah, you, you know, at I, some I, point, it's it's actually. I mean, in a very nerdy way, it's very interesting. You know, we can do all kinds of analyses on how people respond to items and determine whether or not items are good items or not good items, and those types of of things. We can, you know, there's a lot of statistics involved. So you know, make sure that you're you're doing this right. So that's number three. Number four is, are the major stakeholders committed to the need and are they committed to acting on the results? This one's huge. This one's huge. And we were at an organization where the um, admin assistant for the CEO told the CEO, no, <laughs> I'm not sending out the survey because you've not done anything with the results of the last survey we did. The chutzpah. And, I love and, it. <laughs> and I'm not going to let my boss look like a moron in this way in our org. Right. <laughs> Which, bravo to her. Right. And I don't I don't know what to say like to that CEO other than, hey, man, maybe you want to get on that last survey action items. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, I'm sure, in this episode. But what can happen is if you don't have everyone committed to you know why we have to do this survey and committed to acting on it it's it it's just going to be something that employees do they'll know that you don't really care and it just builds up this organizational cynicism and, and now just, the two people that you've hired since the last survey now they also know that you don't care <laughs> you're making sure Lest there was anybody that thought you cared that you picked up in the meantime that annually re you remind them that you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think this is an ethical thing because, um, you know, me as 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 an industrial and organizational psychologist, if I'm working with an organization, my first priority is to do no harm. I don't want to make that organization worse. 
I don't want to harm the the people in that organization. I also don't want to make the organization, um, you know, not not run well um, as a result of my actions. And if you do surveys poorly, you can harm the organization. So, you know, people got to be in it to win it. You have to have, uh, you know, top leadership has to be all about the survey as well as uh, and probably just as importantly, you know, the managers, the frontline supervisors. Um, I mean, this is a trust thing where people, you know, say we take these surveys seriously. People actually do something with the results. So that's a just a really, really important part of of the should you do a survey quiz. So let's assume that people have said, yes, we are committed uh, what comes next? Well, your people got to be willing to sur- be surveyed. <laughs> and some of this has to do with the kind of culture that we've oh, curated in our orgs. Yep. And if if it's something to where they're like, OK, here's a survey. I make I go zigzag down the paper. You know, if you're <laughs> or I answer everything as a three. Yeah, yeah, everything's a three. And, you know, first of all, your experts are going to catch that and say, hey, listen, there's a problem in the survey data everybody put three to everything, you know, we're, we're <laughs> going to have some techniques to be able to do that. But if you're coming in at maybe it's a turnaround situation and the culture's already burned out. Well, you probably should assess if people are going to give you a fair shake and real answers. And if they're not address those issues, right. Before you send out the survey. Right. And, you know, part of, I guess, the natural question is, well, how would I know if they're willing to be surveyed? Well, I think it has to do with the organization's history. I think it has to do with the organization's culture, as you mentioned. I think this is maybe something where if you're trying to decide, you know, as a leader, should we do a survey? And let's assume the other questions were all yes. And you come to, are the people willing to be surveyed? You could start to ask around, right? You could do more of a uh, a qualitative type of gauge of that and and talk to your other leaders, talk to your leadership team, talk to your directors, your managers, and just get a sense for how this might go over and try to get some really honest input in terms of people's willingness. Yeah. And then the other thing is, are you prepared to provide feedback to respondents? <laughs> now, what one of the interesting things that I've seen done is when head of organizations reads out some of the more obtuse, you know, that they've gone on like a company wide Zoom or something like that or recorded. They've gotten out their iPhone or whatever and videotaped them. Hey, here's the top five most crazy feedback items that we've gotten here. Just so you know that I read these. And my crazy response, you know, like, I think we should wear pink pants on Friday. You know, I'm concerned (laughs) with the current COVID scenario that our supply chain would be able to support 40,000 pairs of hot pink pants. So due to that, (laughs) I don't want my employees. Right. I mean, that kind of stuff builds credibility. Credibility. Holy moly. The CEO is looking through the maybe unstructured responses to, Mm. you know, these are things that you can do. So yeah. but if you're not prepared to speak to those items and it doesn't have to be something crazy like that, then you're, you're a no go at that. Station. Yeah. So let me give you an example of what I've recently done. You know, so I, I was, is this your I, Navy example? Yeah. So I yeah, run this a, is yeah. so good. So I run a, I run a reserve unit and I've been in charge of that unit now for a couple months. And I, you know, being uh, given what I do, I was like, well, I do want to do a survey. And, you know, since I'm in charge, I, I can assess and look at these things and all my answers to the should you do a survey quiz were yes. Um, so I went ahead and did it. And, you know, 
with the results, I prepared a report, right? Now, most leaders don't have the, you know, the kind of the expertise to build their own report, whatever. That's just a weird yes, thing. Yes, Ben, I, you know. we know you are <laughs> no, it's amazing. A, it's it's, it's <laughs> one, one, one strange feature of my skill set just because of my training. But, you know, so I put together a report and um, I first I sent, you know, without uh, a whole lot of commentary, I sent it out to all the senior leaders in the in the unit. Uh, I also then discussed some of the high points of it with everyone, um, just in person, said, hey, here's some of the things that were mentioned. Here's what I'm thinking. More to follow on all of this. Thank you again for providing your input. And then uh, what I've done recently is I uh, went through all of the open-ended comments, so where people just type in a response, and I went through every single one, and I put my response to their response, and I put uh, the, the title of the senior leader who I was designating to kind of be the action person for that item. Right. And it, you know, some of the things, even if it was something that maybe, you know, it wasn't anything we could do about, I still provide a response said, this is a really good point. Here's my perspective on it. Um, you know, thank you for your, your input. And just yeah, if somebody said, I want to raise, you'd have to say, <laughs> I, me too, buddy. But, you know, Congress sets them rules. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, everybody knows that in the military, so they're not asking for raises. But, you know, it's a good point, right? So just be honest with it. And um, and then I sent that out to the senior leaders. And then probably in the next week or so, I'm going to send both things out to everybody. Now, <laughs> are all these people going to actually read it? Yeah, probably not. But it it, it does show but when that, they come to complain, you could yeah. say, "Oh, did you not see my email sent out <laughs> well, on I, that, Wednesday?" Maybe that's May part 5th? of it. But I, but I think yeah, on an even more positive note, it's like, hey, I'm showing that I care. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I said I was going to be transparent with all of this, and here it is, right? So and and by the way, here's what I'm interpreting as priorities based upon these data. If you think that these are off based on your interpretation of the data. You know, get that word to me. Let's let's figure it out and work together to make this place as awesome as we know it can be. Right. That's my approach. So, um, you know, you've got to be prepared to give that feedback to respondents. I, I you and I have been in many organizations where they, we do a survey and then we we have to, like, beg the, the leader of that organization to even send out a note afterwards saying thanks for taking the survey. It's it's crazy. Right. I, I, the least you can do is say thank you. But this brings us to number seven, the final one. Are you prepared to act? If the answer is no, don't do a survey. You've got to be prepared to do something. And one of the ways that you can build credibility in your leadership and in the helms of the leadership of an organization is to come up with a project plan. Now, if you're not the big PM type, get with one of your project managers in your org or Google how to build a project plan and say, hey, you know, we surveyed you. These are the results. Here's feedback to what the results are. And then here's the actual project plan with timeline and deliverables and who owns those deliverables. Right. It, all listed out. And then it's great because I always see these exact, well, you know, I, I should reach out and tell my employees something. I don't know what to tell them. Where's the newsletter person? And hmm. there an intern that does the newsletter? Well, one of those key, cool, clutch things that you can email out is, you know, we listened and we heard you and responded. So, you know, in the last quarter, we checked out, uh, you know, checked off four out of 12 of the items of our action items based on your survey. That's I mean, cold. that's just stone cold. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And, 
You know, you, you may be sitting there thinking, man, <laughs> this requires a lot of work. Well, yeah, that's right. It does. Don't, if you're not going to do it, don't do a survey. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. So again, the answer key to our seven question, uh, should you do a survey quiz coming courtesy of Steven Rogelberg is yes, 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 yes. You have to get all of them as yeses in order for you to go ahead and proceed as um, as you want to with the survey. So that's and you, and you should get yeses. Surveys right. are if you're not doing any surveys in your org. Yeah, you're kind of flying blind to your internal reality. So get get to a place where you can be diagnosed as certified, ready to give a survey. That That's a healthy thing, too. Awesome. So let's move now to discussing some top items to keep in mind if you're going to do a survey. Now, some of those I think we've already talked about with regard to this should you do a survey quiz, but there are a number of other things that we can talk about when it comes to uh, how to do this right. And I think the first thing is that, you know, <laughs> surveys are oftentimes done very poorly. And we came across some interesting uh, data points that were pulled together. And we'll put a, a link to um, to this in the show notes. And a lot of these data points come from some research that's been done by Aon and some other large organizations. So for example, one-fourth of uh, of employees, so 25% of employees, think managers view surveys as a tick box exercise, right? Oh, we're doing the survey, checking the box, right? That's a quarter of people, right? And now, again, we don't know exactly how this you know may generalize to your organization, but that's that's somewhat alarming, don't you think? Yeah, so that generally is one of those cultural disconnects when it talks about are the people willing to be surveyed? Because sometimes, you know, survey gets sent out from maybe the CEO's office or something like that, or the head of HR's office type thing. And then there's only 10% of respondents. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then the emails come out, make sure to remind your teams to fill out the gosh darn survey, please. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and so then, then the managers go, guys, I'm going to get in trouble if we don't fill out the survey. So we're going to take the, I'm going to order lunch in and we're all going to fill out the survey. At those kinds of activities cause employees to think that the, the managers aren't interested in this stuff themselves, because it's not only you that's going to have action items from these surveys. It should be leadership within the organization. Yeah. I mean, well. I think it's OK to tell to for you to remind your people and for you as a leader to say, hey, you know, remind your folks to take the survey, you know, really want people's input. And I think it's even OK for people to say, OK, we are going to sit down and take the survey. I'm going to give you the next 20 minutes to do that. But it has to come from a place of authenticity. It's not about I'm going to bribe you with lunch to make you do this, or let's let's just get it done. Uh, it has to be about genuinely wanting people's input and voice. Another interesting data point is that 30% is the average employee survey response response rate, um, despite all the costs and efforts that people take to administer surveys. So, you know, sometimes organizations go through all this pain and effort, and they only get 30% of a response rate. That's that's not so great. Yeah. Well. And you got to be careful. If you have a hundred percent response rate, it, you might want to validate that. Hey, this isn't the managers beating everybody over the head to take <laughs> it, because you know that leads to the next one. At twenty percent is the abandonment rate for surveys that take more than seven or eight minutes to complete. Yeah. So, so if you, you have wanna... a two-hour survey, hundred <laughs> percent complete, no way. you might uh, that data might be a little off, right? Right. Right. So you know, and that, uh, another. I think takeaway from that is you do want to keep your surveys relatively short. You want to keep them 
um, to the point where people could complete them in seven or eight. And I always say, you know, at least no more than 10 minutes. Uh, now, some people will take a lot longer than that. And, you know, as a survey administrator, you can see these things because it'll say like when people started it and when they stopped it. And sometimes people will just as their for their own reasons, they'll sit there and take, you know, 30, 40 minutes on it, maybe because they're typing out a lot of questions. Or, or... they get a phone call in the sure. middle of it. Yeah. Their kids spelt a jar of spaghetti sauce onto the tile and it shat <laughs> there's glass and marinara everywhere you know like that could drive sure. long survey response times <laughs> it could it could um you know 29 percent of employees thought that the surveys were pointless um now here's a a scary one that speaks directly to that last point in the should you do a survey quiz you know so this is again from this research that we'll, we'll put a link to this in the show notes but um 80 percent of employees, at least from from these data, um, believe eighty percent of employees believe that their manager would not act on what came up in the survey. I mean, that is that's a lot of cynicism. No wonder what why the disparity. Thirty percent thought they twenty nine percent thought they were pointless, but eighty percent thought that they would do nothing. So, like you know, looking at those, man, the, why why the delta? You know, there's know. like ten percent of you that. Uh, thought they wouldn't do anything, but that the survey was still worthwhile. <laughs> I guess, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's about making sure that um, that genuine approach towards um, actually doing something with the survey results isn't just at the top, that this goes down to the organization. Now, if you're in an organization that's going through a lot of survey burnout, there's a lot of organizational cynicism, it may take some time and some effort to get that back. You've got to earn that trust. And you may have to do a survey and it might not come out so great. You might get a poor response rate, but you can then say, look, hey, here's what happened. We got, you know, we got the responses we did. Um, here's what I'm going to do based upon the results. And I hope that next time we do this, you know, you guys trust the organization a little bit more and we'll have, you know, make this a more meaningful experience. But here's what we're doing to try to press up, press forward anyway. Right. So that goes to 40 percent of managers say that they spend only two to five days a year on activities related to their annual engagement survey. Yeah. And then I also want to bring this piece up on something that says somebody's set up tons of scrum teams all over the place. You know, one of the things that you do at the end of the scrum sprint is that you reflect on the work that's been done, but then you also try to improve how the team works as a team with a focus on people, processes, relationships, and tools. And invariably, when I come back a year or two later to maybe do some coaching, you find that there's lip service just played to that personal and, and you know, improvement piece of the team. So mm -hmm. it's not just the managers. Sometimes it's like, ah, our managers don't spend stuff. Well, really having an organization that's a learning, self-improving organization is challenging. And that's why it's important for leaders to set the tone at the top for continual improvement, not just on shipping product at a better margin and more profit for stakeholders, but for making that place a good place to work and fixing the problems that really make it a drag for employees. <laughs> well said. You know, another data point here is that 20% of employees said that their boss never bothered to follow up uh, on any concerns that were raised. Um, you know, this these data also suggest that, you know, 70% is, is a decent response rate for employees. And yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, um, about 70%. But as people who do surveys, yeah. like we know plus or minus 70%, well, it's probably going to be in there, but we're still going to validate that by looking at the survey results to know. 
Right, right. So um, 27% of managers never reviewed the survey results at all. And, you know, the last Look at one how here, good that met with 29% of employees thought they were pointless. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're pretty close there. I'd say people intuitively kind of know what's going on with surveys. Yeah, they know that the managers aren't doing anything, apparently. And then 52%, more than half of managers reviewed survey results, but took no action. So they're you know, like, oh. Wow, look look at this pile of things we should improve. Nah, Yikes. Not gonna do it. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think the the state of um uh, of surveys in the workplace right now is one that is that needs some help. Uh and some organizations do this really well, right? So I don't know how generalizable those data points we just mentioned are to your organization. However, I think what we can take away is that organizations by and large need to do surveys much better if they're going to do them at all. Um, another issue that we have, and we mentioned this earlier, but there's a lot of survey fatigue. Uh, if or, if survey, you know, because they're so easy, or they are easier to do, um, and people perceive that they're super easy to do using online platforms, sometimes it's like, oh, send out a survey, send out a survey, send out a survey. You got to be thoughtful. Um, send don't out do a too survey often. monkey. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just know that's one of Ben's pet peeves. So I'm it like, is, how often can I is. say Survey Monkey, Survey Monkey during this <laughs> And by the way, if Survey Monkey wants to sponsor the Indigo podcast, they are happy to do We're so. We're going to tag them on Twitter anyway, because they do have a good platform. Yeah, um, I've, we, I've been we using use it them for years. Many that's times. True. But they are not um, paying us currently. Um, they, I mean, I, I have some more. <laughs> <laughs> I also use have used Qualtrics, and they're good too. So anyway. Um, and they can sponsor us as well. But, you know, one thing you can do to kind of help with some of the survey fatigue is if you have a very large organization, and this only works if you have a very large organization, um, is you could do a representative sample of your employees. So instead of just, um, you know, trying to survey everybody, you could um, actually look at uh, taking a random sample. And you could also do what's called a random stratified sample. I don't want to get into all the details there. Um, we could, could do many hours of nerd out things <laughs> about all the survey yeah, design. You're gonna... And if you really love it, you can go to the PSYOP conference and, and look at the math, the guys that totally geek out on math. They'll many hours of sure. assessment and math. But I mean, the basic <laughs> idea here, and I think it is a good one, is, you know, let's say you do a random sample of an organization um, you know, that, that could be helpful, but you may also want to ensure that your data are coming from, um, you know, the, the right percentages of, you know, senior leaders versus junior folks, men and women, those types of and things. And you have so to be a certain size yeah. to do those cool gal tricks on surveys. So it, that's right. be aware if you're at a larger enterprise organization, mm -hmm. an expert can help guide you. And one right. of the things you might do is just get them to set up how you can stratify and slice and dice your survey yeah. pools. And right? what that can do for you is then you could have, you know, a section of your organization take the survey. And yet, even though not everyone has taken it, you can still have confidence that it, that the data are representative of the entire group. That's you can even idea. have a confidence interval. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, indeed. Indeed. So, um, you know, that's that's one piece here. So, um, but if you're if you're small mid-size uh organization, some way that you can fight uh survey fatigue is to just do smaller surveys more often. And you, you know, one of the could. things we call these are pulse surveys. Right, right. And this has been a bit of a trend in recent years. Many organizations are trying to do this more. 
Um, and I think, again, you got to have good, all the same rules still apply. You still have to act on the results. It can't just be some sort of rote thing. Um, but you know, you could have maybe a three question survey that you send out on, on, on an item, you know, every quarter or, or, or something like that. Um, that could be a helpful way to do this. Uh, and kind of on that note, you have to keep in mind how long it's going to take people to do the survey. You know, if it's something that's taking even 15, 20 minutes, that's probably a little long. I would try to keep it at 10 and under. Right, which is why the survey design is so important and experts can help you get more information shorter, mm-hmm. right? That's um, right. And, and so when you do these things, you should have some kind of cadence if you don't on surveys. You know, it's not that you don't pick up new things to survey about that are maybe one-offs, but you should have something that's comparable from year to year to year so you can have that pulse on what's going on in your organization and comparables. Right. And so if you have a have some sort of survey that you're asking the same questions, you know, each year, then that can be really helpful um, for you to compare, you know, apples with apples, so to speak. Uh, you also want to make sure that you're you have a level of confidentiality in the results. Make sure people actually believe that it's confidential. Sometimes you'll have that where it is confidential, but no one believes it. Um, one I've issue- seen where they sent out to managers. Here's the open item feedbacks from your team, but they mm. have a team of two. Oh yikes! And and they're like, well, one of these people wrote bad things about me, and I can tell from the way they wrote it which one it yeah. is. And now I'm going to get them fired. Oof. Ah. Bad trust. Yeah. I, I mean, we see this like these are the battle wounds out in the trenches of organizational consulting. These bad, bad practices uh, for surveys are hurting your organization. Right. And another thing on confidentiality that you got to be careful about is that you may have a uh, a series of demographic questions as part of the survey where you're asking, you know, tell us how long you've worked here. Are you, you know, you may have something about gender or ethnicity or race or um, department or function, all of those types of demographics. And you got to think of, you don't want those to be too narrow, um, especially if the organization is very sensitive to confidentiality, which a lot of people are, because people may be going through there and be like, well, I'm the only person that fits these, this kind of category. So yeah, I'm I, the only female software developer on a sure. team full of numbskulls, you know, like those things right. pop out. So yep. be handle with care. Yep. Um, you know, another thing is that if you have a poorly designed survey, that can kind of mask some of your productivity problems, right? Yeah. So if, if you're out there, you, you know, everybody's focused on all kinds of stuff and they're, tr- you know, and this comes down to some of the philosophy issues of, oh, I'm only nice to my employees because <laughs> this data says if I'm nice to them, they'll make me more money, mm. right? That you're you're morally off there but when we're looking at data to try you know you should solve cultural and social and difficulty like a a decent survey question is you know i have the tools to do my job you know mm-hmm. some of those type questions can be okay but you also when you're looking at productivity that's kind of exists in a separate realm that might not be covered in regular survey items that's great. We already covered, you know, issues of time. Uh, but, you know, what we haven't covered yet is, you know, having a mix of open-ended and closed-ended questions. So closed-ended items are the ones that are like, you know, 
rate the extent to which you agree or disagree with the following statements. And you'll have some statements where people rate something maybe one to five. Um, and, and those are good to have because those can be transformed into quantitative data, right? Because you can say, you know, the average response on this was 75% favorable, or you can say that it was a average was a 4.2 out of five or something like that. That gives you an indication of what's going on. However, have a, have a few open-ended items, not too many because they can be time-consuming, not only for people to take, but also for you to analyze later, uh, but have some open-ended questions, you know, where people can expand upon what they maybe um, provided some responses to elsewhere in the survey, um, but don't make it too many. I would say maybe have like, you know, two or three or four is probably around right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another piece, Ben, is negatively worded items. Right. And this so, kind of goes into the like what leading questions, right? Well, well, kind of. So a negatively worded question actually is an item that has a where the scale is actually reversed. So for example, it might say, and this is a horrible survey question, but you could say, I have a best friend at work, right? And you could um respond to that and with a strongly agree to strongly disagree. Now, a negatively worded item would be one that says, I do not have a best friend at work, in which your response to that, a strongly agree on that is the same as a strongly disagree on the other item, right? So it's reversed in terms of how people would be responding to it. The tricky thing with this, and these are oftentimes there's like one of these or or more maybe in a survey scale, if you're trying to measure something like, oh, I don't know, like um, organizational commitments or something like that. The tricky thing is that people, it's it's more cognitively complex. So you're going through the survey and it's like, okay, you know, if I answer, I, I love it here. Everything is amazing. So I'm putting fives. Well, you put a five on that one that that is negatively worded or you come across that one, then you're going to have to switch and go, oh, wait, no, that's a one, right? So, you know, it, it well, just can take a little might more time. Somebody not want to acknowledge that I don't have best friends at work. Well, maybe. I'm and that's a different item. Not... Yeah, but that, that's a different, yeah, maybe. <laughs> or, or I have no friends. Ben is the worst employee to work with ever strongly oh, agree or obviously true um but you, you know so you want to make sure that it's cognitively easy for people to go through and it's not overly complex that's the point here um you know and the other thing is you know clustering some items together like if you're asking a bunch of stuff about um you know people's perceptions of the benefits of the organization right what, you know what kinds of benefits are being offered currently um, well, those should probably be in the same section because I'm thinking about benefits. Okay, I'm going to answer all my ones about benefits instead of having them sprinkled throughout because that, then I've got to switch and think about different things at different times, which makes it tough. Um, you also just want to avoid kind of being excessively redundant. Um, and if you're going to ask- some of, some of that redundancy is, well, let's see, at least in other type stuff, if, they, if we ask this same question three different ways- and There's they a reason actually for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You're right. trying to, well, go ahead, tell them. Well, yeah, so again. what that helps with is it helps with um, getting a better assessment of, of what the overall kind of psychological construct is, right? So, you know, when we think about, for example, employee engagement, you can't really just ask that with one question. There's a bunch of different pieces of that. And so you ask them in slightly different ways. And through research, we have developed different validated scales for this that say, look, like these are the items that really work well. We do some fancy stuff called factor analysis to, to see whether or not those items are holding together and how people kind of response patterns overall. Um, but, you know, if you just say, if you just ask people, um, you know, uh, you know, do you like chicken? 
five times in a row, that's excessively redundant, right? Um, but you know, a lot of these validated survey scales do have similar items, but they're not exactly the same. And and they help us know if people are just filling out random true <laughs> yeah. random stuff, right? Exactly. But just handle with care that kind of redundancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about being uh, careful with your demography questions, mm-hmm. right? That can be at the end. Yeah. And the reason you put those at the end usually is because if you ask a bunch of those right up front, then, you know, that that's kind of cueing people to be like, oh, gosh. The, you know. So so the first thing they wanted to know was all these different demographic items about me. Now, now they're going to look at trying to figure out who I am and it just can kind of raise those types of concerns. So if you're going to ask those things, um, recommend putting them at the end. Yeah. Uh, so project plans. We talked about earlier. <laughs> do you have, you know, a good practice is to have a project plan on what you're going to do with the items. But you should also project plan your execution of the survey. Don't just send it out, right? And then like, well, why aren't anybody responding? You know, you want a good pre-notification email or letter type thing that you're sending out. Hey, in two months, we're going to do the annual employee survey. And then, hey, look, you know, we told you a month ago now in four weeks and <laughs> at the end of this week, we're going to send it out or, you know, probably don't send it out on Friday. People are trying to check out on Friday afternoon anyway. Right. Right. But have some kind of communication plan about here's what's going out. Here's what we hope to learn from it. All of those good kind of things and ask people. It's like it would mean the world to us if you would participate. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this survey is going to calibrate how we're going to shift our you know benefits or something like that yeah. and why we're doing this why you know if you have like a representative sample or something hey as part of our representative sample you were this is why you were selected um who's sponsoring the survey hey this is from it do you guys like the crm that we're using now because it's up for renewal and we might pick another software platform you know what's important to you on that kind of stuff um and then talk about one of the thing is like explain how you're going to use the results. If you want to kick up that response rate some, tell them why it's worthwhile for them to take time to do some thinking to give you their perspective. That's right. And, you know, ideally this comes in a few different forms. You want to have something that comes from a key individual, be it the CEO or the president of the company that maybe communicates you know, what you're doing with the survey and why and how you're going to use the results and how important it is, uh, but also have some communication that comes from other levels within the organization. You would ideally, if you could wave a magic wand, that communication would look something like, you know, president CEO sends out a pre-notification that this is going to happen. Uh, and then you have, you know, VPs and directors who are uh, you know, putting their own spin, not just forwarding that or something to everybody, but are also kind of reinforcing that message either in person or through writing with everybody all the way down to first line supervisors. If they're part of the survey sample, um, you know, to the rest of the folks so that they're getting this consistency of message about the survey and that there's a, a unity of effort <laughs> um, to use kind of a military term here, right? Uh, with regard to this uh, this data collection. So those are some best practices and some tips, some top items to keep in mind if you passed the should you do a survey quiz, um, some things to keep in mind when you're doing it. Now maybe we can pivot and talk a little bit about some implications for people, leaders, and organizations. So if you're an individual, you know, you're just an individual contributor. Hey, man, I'm checking the box, doing my job. And these surveys are consistently bad. Maybe share this episode with (laughs) the people 
that, you know, maybe send it from an anonymous Gmail. By the way, our empo- our employee surveys are horrible. Here's a yeah. whole podcast episode on how to fix that. Our or- surveys stink at gmail.com sent this. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is because so many organizations, well-meaning organizations trip up on this, if the culture's one that where you can send some feedback or if there's a route for you to send anonymous feedback, let them know. Let them know that, hey, guys, your surveys are the laughing stock of this org. Or, hey, these surveys, nobody ever does anything with them. So people are demoralized by them. Well, mm-hmm. let people know. Give, And that's probably not a question on the survey they're sending out. So you got to <laughs> get that. You got to run that information up the flagpole, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if if you're coming into an organization as a leader and you're hearing those things that people don't like surveys, that they're demoralized by them, I think that's something to address and say publicly, look, look, here's what I'm hearing. And to me, that indicates some lack of trust. And I'm going to try to build that back in certain ways. And here's how. Right. And it may take some time and and some actual actions. You can't just talk about it. You got to actually do stuff um, to improve the organization based on people's input. So um, if you yeah, if you are just, you know, an individual within an organization and surveys come out, you know, I would encourage you to take them seriously. um, But then also, you know, hold the organization accountable for those those survey results and, you know, try to fight the cynicism, you know, be the change that you want to see in the organization as as an individual contributor even can be really powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. Be the change you want to see in the world, right? You got to get Gandhi it, right? So now let's talk about leaders and organizations, Mm. right? Surveys are a potentially, if you handle with care and do it right, they're a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, the people that do them, there's generally a disconnect. And we see that in the survey data between the people who are taking them and even the line, line managers, the directors, the VPs, you know, they don't do anything. You don't have a united front in your leadership uh, from the lowest level of leadership all the way to the highest level. One of the things you can do to remedy that is train people on best practices of surveys. Hmm. Talk about the culture of, of fi- creating a feedback culture and how c- surveys are a critical piece of that, a quantitative piece of that, Right. Um, not people just ad hoc trying to make things better, but a disciplined way of executing this. And that means maybe sitting your leaders down with this episode of this podcast or developing as part of your L&D curriculum, you know, how to train managers on curating a feedback culture, how to train managers on best practices of uh, project managing survey results. And you might even bake in into your annual or quarterly performance reviews some pieces on how people handle or execute surveys. I mean, Mm. there's a whole suite of things you can do, but the key thing is from the top leader down to the everyday line level leader, everybody's got to know the why, the where, the how, and realize that how they handle this stuff either builds up or tears down your culture. Another thing you want to keep in mind as a leader is if you are developing a survey, don't ask questions about things that you're not going to do anything about or things that you can't do anything about. So, for example, you know, don't have a whole section all about how much people love or hate their pay level. If you have zero intention of changing pay, uh, you know, because people, A, they'll probably see right through that. But 
B, you'll just be setting people up for disappointment if you ask a, a lot of questions about something and you really couldn't do anything about it. You know, um, do you like your office furniture? And there's no budget for new office furniture anyway, right? So don't don't ask about things that you aren't going to be able to do something about um, because you're just going to you know feed right into that that disappointment. Yeah, and if you, everyone that listens to this podcast is going to share it and do the best practices. If you're not going to do something about it, don't waste one of your precious few questions on what cannot be longer than a seven or eight minute long survey on something you're not going to do, guys. It's just crazy. (laughs) So this is a difficult, a thought provoking type of process, and you want to handle it with care. As you mentioned, Chris, you want to uh, make sure that you're not doing harm by destroying your culture, your trust. Um, This can be a powerful tool, but you got to do it right. Don't be the you know, 20th horrible survey in a row that that you're issuing out in your organization. Um, You want to get a sense of the politics in your organization. Make sure people are all on the same page. Your leadership team is on the same page. Make sure, as we've talked about before, make sure that you are taking some actions based upon the feedback. And if there isn't any action that can be taken, explain why. Um, This will help to build your credibility and help to make people see the survey as being something worthwhile. Right. And the the last couple all come into project management. Manage employees' perceptions. That means good communication plan of what you're trying to do, why you're doing it, why this is important. The whole how, you know, in eight weeks, four weeks, whatever the cadence is for communication going out about hyping up the survey and why, you know, do that, right? Manage those employee perceptions. Follow up. Have accountability for everybody that has a piece of what they need to do, and then integrate that response into any new initiatives that you're going to have. Wonderful. So today on the Indigo podcast, we've talked about surveys. We've talked about should you even do a survey, some top items to keep in mind if you're going to do a survey. And of course, we've brought you some implications for people, leaders, and organizations. Thanks for listening to the Indigo podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.